0: you've been my life for so long Lord you were right when I was wrong and I can't repay all the love that you've given me well you were my friend when no one cared I was alone but you were there Lord you're the best thing that's ever happened to me and I owe it all to you Lord and all I have is yours Lord Take my life and make it what you'd have it be. Because I'm your child, you're my father, I'm just the clay. And you're the potter, Lord, you're the best thing that's ever happened to me borrowed treasures and borrowed dreams, all life's joys you've given me, and when troubles come, you're always there to make me smile, so let come what may, thy will be done. I love you, Jesus, God's precious Son. Lord, you're the best thing that's ever happened to me. And for every time that I fail, each time I stumble and sin prevails, you me up, and you plant my feet on solid ground, and why you love me, I sure don't know, but I'll keep on singing as I go, Lord, you're the best thing that's ever happened to me. my life and make it what you'd have it be cuz I'm your child you're my father I'm just the claim, but you're the potter lord you're the best thing that's ever happened to me lord you're the best thing that's ever happened to me.
1: And I believe that tonight. He is the best thing that's ever happened to me. And this song heard many years ago and, and uh, move that just a little bit. And uh, it's a good reminder, this song I'm about to sing, it's a good reminder that it is the mercies of God that we're not consumed by the grace of God any of us are in here tonight we could all be waking up from a hangover from last night but by the grace of God you've been in church and God's been good to us all and we need to remind ourselves of that every once in a while I remember where I was when God saved me preacher was reminding me he heard my testimony a couple months ago I was preaching last year I think in Virginia somewhere and I got picked up on a bus for the first time when I was four years old. I was born in the city of Gary, Indiana. It was the murder capital of the United States at the time and just a mess. And my mother was 15 years old when she had me. And thank the Lord God sent a bus captain by our house and they gave me the gospel that day. I didn't get saved. I wish I got saved way back then, but I didn't. When I moved to Milwaukee, after years of going to other kind of churches, any church that would run a bus or a van we go to. But then all of a sudden I met a member of Faith Baptist Church 30 years ago, 31 years ago now and I started coming to church and I got saved Amen. I was 11 years old, March 21st, 1993 I got saved, I came into church I was wearing a, a, a wife beater t-shirt you know what I mean, a tank top and uh, some sweatpants yeah. but God saved me and every once in a while one songwriter put it there so he said roll back the curtain of memory now and then oh, yeah. show me where you brought me from and remind me where I've been. Yeah, good, sir.
0: Do you remember when you were drowning in the sea of sin? I remember. Going down for that last time when you called upon his name. He down his nail pierced hands and he lifted you out. So remember where you were back then and thank him for where you are now. Give God the glory for what he's done in your heart. He took you from sin and strife, and he gave a new start. He took your broken life, and he made you complete. So take off your crown, of glory and cast them at the Savior's feet. Well, do you remember when with all your heart you longed to serve him, but you didn't think that Jesus could use someone like you? But now look how he's used your life since he called you out. So remember where you were back then and thank him for where you are now. Give God the glory. For what he's done in your heart He took you from sin and strife And he gave a new start He took your broken life And he made you complete So take off your crown Of glory and cast them at the Savior's feet. So take off your crowns of glory and cast them at the Savior's feet. The drunk on the street. The rich in their palaces, the poor and unlearned, and the men of degree, where well, they all have a soul that's in need of salvation, and they all have to come by cavalry. And I am so glad that God saves old sinners. I'm thrilled and amazed that he sets men free. But the biggest surprise in redeeming old sinners is that he would save An old sinner like me Well was I so bad That I needed forgiveness And was I so lost That I had to be redeemed Well I was in the thief. That I lived in sin's prison And I was as lost As a sinner could be And that's why I am so glad That God saves old sinners And I'm thrilled and amazed That he sets men free the biggest surprise in Him redeeming old sinners is that He would save an old sinner like me. Is that He would save no sinner like me?
1: i'm glad that he saves those sinners aren't you and man after all those songs if i wasn't saved here this afternoon i'd just get saved right now right. and uh man it's good to be saved it's good to know the lord and now i wish that man once you came to know the lord you had no more problems yeah. no more aches pains no more trials of life but that's just not reality is it that's right. but i think sometimes god gives us these little reminders in our lives to remind us that in him we live and in him we move and in him we have our being. That's right. He said, My strength is made perfect in weakness. Sometimes I heard a preacher say one time, I was in Tennessee somewhere, and he said this. Sometimes, you know, that, that widow that got to the bottom of the barrel, and she said, I just got a little bit left, and then my son and I are gonna die. I heard a preacher preach one time, sometimes when you get to the bottom of your barrel, you're just getting to the top of God's. Amen. Amen. Mm. Can I tell you, and sometimes I, m- I remember I sang this song here, and there was a preacher that had he got he got T-boned in this car. He was coming back from a Christian football camp, and he got he got hit. I mean, almost head-on with this other car, and it shattered his pelvis, broke his legs, and he was walking with a cane. And one day he was in a meeting with me, and I began to sing this song, and I could see him back at the time he was in a wheelchair first, and then he had a little bit of walker, and then he graduated to a cane. And I think at the time he was in between a walker and a cane. He was sitting in the back of the church. And I sang this song. He began to weep. And he said, Brother Allen, afterwards he talked to me. He said, Brother Allen, he said, if all of this happened, just for God to remind me to depend on him. Mm-hmm. Because I can't even walk yeah. without him holding my hand. That's right. I thought number
0: one would surely be me. I thought I could be what I wanted to be. I thought of myself as a mighty big man. But Lord, I can't even walk without you holding my hand. Lord, I can't even walk without you holding my hand. The mountain's too high and the valley's Too wide, down on my knees, that's where I learned to stand. Cause I can't even walk without you holding my hand. Well, I thought I could do a lot on my own. I thought I could make it all alone. I thought I could build on this life's sinking sand. But Lord, I can't even walk without you holding my hand. Lord, I can't even walk without you holding my my hand The mountains too high And the valleys too wide Down on my knees That's where I learn to stand Cause I can't even walk Without you holding my hand So I'm learning to lean Learning to lean I'm learning to lean on Jesus Jesus, and I'm finding more power than I'd ever dreamed. I'm learning to lean on Jesus, because I need Thee, oh, I need Thee, and Every hour I need thee, O oh, bless me now, my Savior, I come to thee. Draw me nearer, nearer, blessed Lord, to the cross where thou hast died. nearer. Blessed Lord to thy precious bleeding side cause it's down on my knees church. That's where I learn to stand cause I can't Walk, I can't even walk, Lord, I can't even walk without You holding my hand.
1: Amen. Amen. Aren't you glad? For God, if you can, I'm telling you tonight, what what God has promised you in the daylight hours of your life, you can count on him in the midnight hours of your life. And speaking of midnight hours, my wife and I, we were expecting our first little baby many years ago, about 17, about 18 years ago now, we were expecting our first little baby. And like new parents, we were excited. You know, all the stuff, we had just started buying things for... For this new arrival, we didn't know whether this boy or girl. and But then, a little while into the pregnancy, my wife, one day, she said, Man, I don't, something's not right. I don't feel right. And uh, I said, I think we got to go to the hospital to go to the doctor and find out what's going on. We went to the doctor that day and we heard those words and no doubt in, in a crowd this size, many of you experienced the same thing and said, I'm sorry, the baby's gone. And our little hearts were just broken that day. And I remember something that her doctor said to us. I, n- I never remember really telling her we were Christians. I think she just kind of gathered that the way that we just communicated each other and talked. And, and she just assumed we were Christians. And I remember her saying these words. She said, you too know God. And you're going to be okay. Yeah. Now, the truth is that should have comforted me. But sometimes when, we're, when it was so fresh it doesn't bring the comfort that we think it ought to bring or that it should bring to us and we went to, from the doctor that day and our hearts were just broken and I started reading the book of Psalms that day and uh, how many you know, man when you are discouraged the book of Psalms is a place to go yes, how many times in the Psalms did David start off in a depression but he ended up shouting the victory by the end of the Psalms and so I began reading in the book of Psalms and about a month later I was at home by myself and and I was rehearsing things that have gone on in my life and all these different things. I've lost people and, and had cousins killed in broad daylight. Some of them shot several of them and just the craziness. I'll talk a little bit about it in my message as part of the message. But it was like my mind started going through the things I had been through in life. But every time something bad would come up in my mind, it's like God would tap me on the shoulder and say, I got you through that, didn't I? And then I'd go to hear what the reason why we moved to Milwaukee when I was a little boy is because everything we had burned up in a fire. And it was like God said, I got you through that fire, didn't I? Yeah. And I, something else would happen, and God would say, I got you through that, didn't I? And, I? and I start getting the point when God started talking. I was like, okay, Lord, you know, you were there every time I was weary, and you were there every time I was strong. And you were there when I had burdens that last the whole night long. And about that time, I was like, there's a song in here somewhere. And I got my pen out and wrote, you were there when I was weary. You were there when I was strong. You were there when I had burdens that last the whole night long. You were there in the midnight to show me that you cared. Every time I thought I'd fall, you were there. Mm. And it's kind of like not me talking to you. The song is me talking to the Lord. Just thanking Him and praising Him for being there every time I've ever needed Him.
0: I looked around one day as my life fell apart would anyone help me to find my way i knew i needed you lord to heal my wounded heart i needed you while others turned away and you were there when i was weary And you were there when I was strong You were there when I had burdens That last the whole night long And you were there in the midnight To show me that you cared And every time I thought I'd fall times I was so low not wanting to go on not knowing that your presence was so near but then I'd feel your touch and hear your gentle voice whispering there's no need for you to fear because you were there weary. And you were there when I was strong. You were there when I had burdens that last the whole night long. And you were there in the midnight to show me that you cared. And every time I thought I'd fall to me and you helped me to survive upon life's raging seas Lord I need you for my trials I cannot face alone and I'll still need you when I take my journey home home cause you were there I was weary and you were there when I was strong and you were there when I had burdens that last the whole night long and you were there in the midnight to show me that you cared and every time I thought I'd fall. there
1: amen. 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 amen that's the Lord and God yeah amen you sing with
0: amazing grace how sweet the sound that say a red like me I once was lost but now I'm found was blind but now I see through men. May- dangers toils, and snares I have already come His grace hath brought me save thus far and grace Will lead me home And when we've been there Ten thousand years Bright shining as the sun We days to see God's grace than when we first began.
1: thank God for his grace Amen. his oh, grace is sufficient yes. his Amen. mercies endure forevermore Amen. Amen. There's
0: not a friend like the lowly Jesus, no not one, no not one, none else could heal all our souls diseases. No, not one No, not one For Jesus knows all about our struggles And he will guide till the day is done There's not a friend like the lowly Jesus No, not one
1: no not there ain't nobody like him there's nobody like him if you got a songbook near you I'm going to find that page of no not one Anybody, you don't know what that page is do you I got it memorized in our own songbooks at home but that's a couple of verses that y'all need to hear this afternoon and I'll mind the time we, we're doing good we're doing well and uh, if you can find that before me yell the number out but no not one is the 534. 534. Turn there if you got one. Verse number
0: two. No friend like him is so high and holy. No not one no not one and yet no friend is so meek and lowly no not one no not one for Jesus knows all about our struggles and he will guide till the day is done there's not a friend like the lowly jesus no not one No, no verse number three. There's not an hour that he is not near us No, not one No, not one No night so dark, but his love can cheer us. No, not one. No, not one For Jesus knows all about our struggles. He will guide till the day is done. There's not a friend like the Holy Jesus. No, not
1: one. No, not one. We'll sing another verse in a minute here, but I remember I was talking last night about this a little bit. Maybe it was this morning, but I talked about being a bus kid, and uh, I know what it's like when I got off the bus. Y'all listen to me? i get off the bus Sunday night a lot of times, or Sunday afternoon, and I stayed all afternoon. We had a program for the, for the kids, and, and now we have our bus ministry on Sunday afternoons, kind of like you do here, and, uh, but I remember getting off the bus. Y'all listen to me Sunday night, I'd get off the bus, and at my house, I, I, could, I could hear the music playing. Outside of the house, mm-hmm. I could hear some. It, it was Tupac back then. I, I remember getting off and see, hearing some of the most vile, foul cussing lyrics, everything immoral, everything against God, everything I had heard in church. Listen, young people, I know what that's like. Mm-hmm. I know what it 's like when to go back to a home that I could, I could smell I could smell the weeds smoke I, we lived upstairs in our apartment there, and I could smell it as soon as I opened the back door, I could smell it and i 'd have to walk through the house and i 'd have to pass through all of that stuff and go back to my room by myself and I'd put on some gospel music and put on a preaching tape or a preaching CD here and there and I remember there are certain times in my life. You listen to me boys? Y'all listening at me back here? I remember there were times in my life where I'd go home and I'd think does God even know? Does God even care where I am? There was all type of immorality going on around me. Everybody was doing what they wanted to with whoever they wanted to and it was all in my face. They were playing the music, the TV shows, the cussing, swearing, everything going on here i know what it's like to listen to be so i'm telling you to not know where our next meal was going to come from i remember walking home one sunday night and uh I, I walked up the back stairs of my house and all of a sudden as soon as i got to the top of the stairs i heard bullets flying and the police were chasing somebody in between our house and and he was shooting at them and they were shooting at him he had robbed a bar not too far away from my home can i tell you listen young people Listen senior saint of God God has not forsaken you That's right. God knows exactly where you are God knows where you live God knows who your mama is Listen to me today kids I wouldn't know my daddy if he walked in here right now I've never met him Don't know his name even I've never, I wasn't raised in church I, My mother wasn't in the choir My daddy wasn't a preacher or a deacon I come to you here this afternoon Not as somebody that has a silver spiritual spoon In my mouth this afternoon But I came here by the grace of God his grace has brought me safe thus far his grace will lead me home and if you're here tonight and you might be going through a battle, you might be going through a journey, you might have got a report from the doctor this week and you don't know what's going on you may not even know where you're going to live next week you might have to stay in a shelter somewhere or you may be being raised by grandma because mama's addicted to drugs or daddy's on drugs somewhere or daddy's in jail somewhere, can I tell you, there's a God in heaven there's a Jesus that will save you, there's a Jesus that will change your life there's a jesus that will raise you up he'll be the father to the fatherless the bible says he'll be everything you need if you just stick with the lord jesus christ i'm so glad man it's so good i want to sing that third verse just a little bit again there's not an hour that he
0: is not oh you believe that no not one no not one there's no night so dark but his love can cheer us no not one, no, not one, for Jesus knows all about our struggles, and he will guide till the day is done is there's not a friend like the lowly Jesus. No, not one, no, not one. Did e'er a saint find this friend, forsake him? No, not one no not one or sinner find that he would not take him no not one no not one for Jesus knows all about our struggles he will guide till the day is done there's not a friend like the Lord jesus no
1: not one no not one. and if you're not saved in here today there's a verse for you was
0: there a gift like the Savior given no not one no not one and will he refuse us a home in heaven no not one no not one my Jesus no all about our struggles And he will guide Till the day is done There's not a friend Like the lord Jesus No, not one
1: No, not one Take your Bible real quickly Give me about ten minutes Is that all right? We'll get about 10 minutes here, and I promise you I will wrap this message up, and hopefully God will give you something from it. 2 Kings chapter number 2. 2 Kings chapter number 2. I'm going to read one verse, and then we're going to preach about three chapters of the Bible. Okay, so don't get nervous, and I'm going to read you one verse. We're going to preach a lot of the Bible today. And that's what I do, amen? amen. And uh, when I get up in the pulpit, I want to preach God's word, not my opinion. I'm thankful for the word of God. I'm thankful for the King James Bible. The Bible says this in verse number 13 of chapter 2, 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 13. And he took up the mantle of Elijah that fell from him. And he went back and stood by the bank of the Jordan. This is Jordan River here. And he took the mantle of Elijah and he fell down from him. And he smote the waters and said, Where is the Lord God of Elijah? and when he also had smitten the waters he parted hither, they parted hither and thither and Elisha went over Father I pray that you'd help us today to be ready for the mantle that one day will fall at our feet to pick it up and be all that you want us to be yes, sir. for your glory help me as I preach and them as they listen fill thy servant I surrender myself totally to you you've got me heart, soul, body, mind everything is yours pray that you'd cleanse me purify me for your work focus my mind on the word of god help me to be clear in my delivery in jesus name we'll give you praise amen and amen amen. The first episode in the life of Elijah and Elisha was not this chapter of the Bible right here. The Bible tells us that Elisha, many of us are familiar with 1 Kings chapter number 19 where Elijah calls down fire from the sky. Elijah thinks he's all alone. He's all by himself. And the Bible tells us that he stands against 850 prophets of Baal and of the groves combined. There's about 850 prophets there. And the Bible says that he has that confrontation on top of Mount Carmel about a year and three weeks ago. I was on top of Mount Carmel myself in Israel there is an amazing thing and the Bible says that he puts a sacrifice on the altar puts water on that altar man I wish I had time to talk to you about that water there's there's still a water by the way there's still a well but it's at the bottom of the mountain somebody had to go down up and down that mountain seven times to fill those barrels of water and uh, the Bible says God then f- fell fire from the sky he licked up the water he licked up the altar and he also even burned the stones that was some hot that was some heat coming down right there from heaven amen, brother. and i don't have time to preach on this today but i want the heat from heaven amen i want the real thing he said put no fire under it don't manipulate it don't act like we're godly let god send the real thing That's right. and i'm glad i'm in a church where it's real Amen. and the Bible says that he got discouraged on that and then the Bible said that Elijah he begins to get discouraged because Jezebel ate the king's wife and she says I'm going to kill him today and she said just like you took the head off of those prophets I'm going to take your head off here tonight and Elijah got discouraged and the Bible said he got he got to down, we call it down in the mully grubs, amen, he got down in the mouth, down in the mully grubs and he was discouraged he sat underneath a juniper tree and the Bible says I like what God told him to do when he was discouraged, God said I want you to eat something and take a nap yeah. Yeah. how many you know that's always good advice eat something and take a nap amen and i'm gonna do all of that this afternoon <laughs> and uh I don't, who made is that person that made that pulled pork in here get, uh, get where are you at don't brother you're gonna get a crown in heaven for what you did yesterday <laughs> man. and uh, i don't know what manna was but i think it had something to do with that pulled pork that you gave and, well they were jews never mind and uh but but I say, thank you, by the way. Thank you, church, for you, y'all. You went out of your way to be a blessing to us yesterday, and we appreciate you. And uh, But, anyways, he, he, the Bible said he was up there. He's on that juniper tree. God said, I want you to eat something, and I want you to take a nap. And the Bible said, He got up, and he, God said, I want you to eat something again. Take a nap again. That's always good advice again. And God began to strengthen him. And Elijah said, Elisha says, Oh, I'm here alone by myself. And God said, Oh, no, you're not alone. I still have 7,000 that haven't bowed to me. And, by the way, you young people, don't you ever get discouraged thinking that God didn't have more people like you that's right. there's thousands of bus kids all over this country who are in church right now who came to church already who come to church tonight listen to me you're not the only one that's trying to love Jesus in the midst of this crooked and perverse world right here God's got thousands and thousands of bus kids all around this earth I've been to the Philippines and seen bus kids I've been listen I've been to Haiti and seen bus kids God's got us all over the world they can't get away from us can they you like that me too and uh and God said, "I've got a specific one for you." Yeah. His name's Elisha. Elisha. And here's what I want you to do. Can I use you, Suit Man? What's your name again? Robinson. Justin. Brother Justin, come up here. Brother Justin, I'm, I'm gonna play. I'm gonna play Elijah in this play. Okay. You're gonna be Elisha. Okay. What's your name? Justin. No. What's your name? <laughs> Elijah. Ah, yeah, there we go. Elijah. Elisha. All right. And uh, I'm Elijah. He's Elisha. All right. You got your name? God said this. He said, you're going to come down to Zarephath and you're going to see a man there and his name's Elisha. It's close to your name. Amen. it'd be like Calvin and Calvino right there. That's the Italian version of me. All right. And he said, when you see this young man, here's what I want you to do. By the way, I don't, I'm not preaching this afternoon, but I like what he found Elisha doing. The Bible says Elisha was plowing 12 yoke of oxen. That's 24 oxen. He was already busy before God ever called him. We've got a bunch of young men sitting around today ready to get called by God, and they're not doing a blessed thing. If, if God's called you to ministry, hey, why don't you minister right now? Instead of waiting on some time to preach, why don't you find your nursing home somewhere and go preach the gospel to some forgotten people? Yep. Amen. I better get back on track because we're getting out of here. All right? Watch this. I got a plane to catch in a minute. <laughs> God said, I want you to take your mantle, your overcoat. In the Bible, there were many, many people in the Bible, just like in some of your cultures, where you were from, if you're not from this country, some of your cultures, they have certain outfits for certain occasions. Yep. Yeah. Okay. They have, you know, how many of you, how many of you looking forward to Quintanera? You're looking forward to one of those? Guess what? They're going to dress you in like a little thing that looks like a wedding dress, right? It's like a mini wedding dress. I love it. You know, There's a specific dress that you wear. If you were from India, you would wear a specific kind of a, they call them a sari. And you would wear those in different ones for special occasions. You would wear in some of their cultures. They, they put the henna, that temporary tattoo-looking thing, and when they get ready for their wedding, and they, it'll, it'll look like it's beautiful design. Some of them in the jewish culture they had many things remember it, said, it talked about a virgin's apparel in the bible it talks about the apparel of a harlot it talks about the king's apparel and the prophets would wear sometimes an ephod over themselves a, a stone type of a a, a, a a covering here but then they would have the priests. excuse me would wear the ephod but the prophets they had a mantle this mantle was an outward symbol of what god called them to do in their hearts God said, here's what I want you to do with Elijah. Elisha, when you see him, he's going to be busy. He's going to be looking that way. And he said, I want you to come to where he is. And I want you to put your mantle. (laughs) Fits you perfectly, doesn't it? (laughs) I want you to put your mantle on Elisha. What was he saying by doing that? He was saying, God is calling you. For a specific special purpose. Right. And I. As somebody who's going before you. I am recognizing the call of God. But this is what we do when we ordain men. It is the church's recognition. Of God's call on your life. And they're putting the authority of the church. Behind you. When you surrender and say. I believe I'm supposed to be a minister of the gospel. We lay their hands on you. Much like we did earlier. But the Bible talks about the laying on the hands of president. That's why the Bible says lay hands suddenly on no man. That's right. That doesn't mean don't thump them. It's not that, not that kind of laying on of hands. But it's telling us we better be careful who we give the mantle to. That's right. This is why the Bible says there are certain qualifications to be the pastor of a New Testament church. Because right. we cannot put the mantle just on anybody. You don't, you don't become a pastor. just. Be, the Bible says if a man desires the office of a bishop, he desires a good thing. But that doesn't mean he's qualified to do it. That's right. It just means it's awesome. It's a good thing that you're striving for that you want. But there has to be a recognition by the church, by the local church and the pastor and the leadership of the church to recognize the call of God on that person's life. And so listen, when God gave Elisha, what he was saying was, I am recognizing that there is a call on your life. And then we fast forward from chapter 20 or 21 we fast upset uh, first kings we fast forward to second kings chapter two where he finally gets the mantle to keep the first time he put this mantle on him it was just symbolizing what one day what he was going to become y'all listen yeah. Yeah. it wasn't his to keep it was just put on him saying when you grow up this is what you're going to have i know this is suit fits you right now and you're doing fine you're plowing with that suit that's great but there's going to come a day when you're going to be as big as me dear lord help you and uh you, you got to eat a lot of tamales okay all right here we go but man that's my i believe in heaven i believe there's going to be fried chicken and tamales at the marriage supper of the lamb you can believe what you want to believe but i believe that's going to happen amen and some bad potatoes anyways all right But he's saying, when you grow up, this is what I have for you. Now watch this. Don't miss it. Here's the whole message. He did not get the mantle till chapter two and verse number 14. There was some places he had to go. There was some growth that had to take place before he ever got the mantle to keep. Keep. You're going to sit right here for a second. I'm going to use you in a minute. Now watch this. Look at chapter 2 again. I'm going to preach this faster than I've ever preached it in my life. The first place that is mentioned that he had to go in between mantle and getting to keep the mantle. He had to go through some things. Number one, I want you to notice this. The Bible says in verse number one, they went from Gilgal. He said, Brother Allen, what's so special about Gilgal? Watch this. All of my points, they start with the letter D. It's brought to you by the letter D and the number four. And uh, here we go. Gilgal, preacher, is a place of division. It's a place of division. That first place where he took him, watch this, young people. You've been saved by the grace of God? I hope you have. If not, we would sure love for you to get saved today man, heaven would come down and glory could fill your soul this afternoon. But after they came out of Egypt, preacher, the first place they came to when they, when they decided, they came, of course, they were in the wilderness. They were just wandering around, just like Elisha. He's plowing. He's just plowing. He's just going through life. But see, what happened was God didn't only want to bring them out of Egypt. He wanted to bring them into Canaan land. And when they got to Canaan land, here's what happened. The the, the first time they went to the Jordan River, they said, we're not going to cross. Man, this is too big. There's giants in that land. It's scary. It's too much for us. I'm like, too much for you? You just crossed the Red Sea. You just defeated the greatest army. God just drowned Pharaoh's army. What are you talking about? It's too hard. You think God can take care of Pharaoh and his army, but he can't take care of a bunch of big-headed Philistines? But they got scared. But when they finally decided... We're going to cross over. In other words, we're going to start living for God. Listen, some of you right now, some of you best kids especially, you're saved right now, but you haven't decided to live for God yet. You kind of come to church, but you're not. not, I told the young people this morning, some of you need to stop coming to church. I can't believe a preacher just told me to stop coming to church. Yeah, you need to stop coming to church and you need to start being the church. Sometimes I don't like the word bus kid because it implies like we're not normal people in the church. We are the church. You understand? You don't go to church if you're saved, if you're baptized. You are the church. And I think sometimes we use that terminology, and there's nothing wrong with it. I always say I'm a bus kid, but watch this. There comes a point in your life where you need to decide. I listen, I wasn't living for God yesterday. I'm gonna to decide to give my heart and life to God today, and I'm gonna call I'm gonna start dividing against certain people. I'm gonna start dividing. Watch, watch this. Some of you will live in the wilderness your entire life. You're gonna to listen to the same music as the world, you're gonna dress like the world, you're gonna act like the world, you're gonna talk like the world, you're gonna drink the same things of the world, you're smoke like the world listen to me I, I, we used to be around dope smokers all the time bless God now I want to hang around some meat smokers amen that's the division in my life I went from dope smokers to hope smokers amen. amen now watch this in order to get that mantle now you can do whatever you want to do with your life but if you want to be all that God wants you to be the Bible says you're going to have to come out from among some things and be separate saith the Lord You know what our problem is today in Christianity? We want to blend in with everybody else. And I'm going to tell you, you can blend in with everybody else you want to, but you'll never have the mantle. You're never going to be all that God's got so many blessings and got such a good life for you. And you're going to miss it because you're too busy staying on the other side of the Jordan River when you ought to pass over and say, you know, what? I'm going to Gilgal that's the place where the children of Israel and God said I want you to take out smooth stones and I want you to build a monument here so that when your children walk by they can say what does this mean and you can say this is what God did in my life and you adults listen to me well this is why you adults need to get separated so when your kids say hey dad why don't we listen to that and the answer is not because preacher said so the answer is that doesn't honor the Lord and that's not showing the beauty of his holiness the bible says this i'm trying to get off of this point but the bible says this they will have a form of godliness i'm gonna preach a message on this they will have a form of godliness in the last days but they deny the power thereof you know i've often thought what are they denying the power of they're denying the power of godliness some of you are so in denial about what holiness and how powerful it is well god doesn't care about are you sure maybe that's why we're not seeing a revival like we ought to see it because christians are saying what's wrong with what's wrong with? What's, what's wrong with yeah, that's what's right. instead of realizing the power of godliness and holiness yeah. Amen. i'm saying if you want the mantle of that yes everybody all the time well i wish it was like it was back then boy it ain't like it was back there maybe it's not like it was back there because we're too busy we don't want to separate from anything that's right. yeah, that's right. see those older preachers they believed in holiness and separation that's right that's they lived like a Christian on Monday, just like they did on Sunday. That's right. Amen. God said, you want to you get that mantle? You're going to have to go to Gilgal with me. Amen. And the Bible says, Elijah says, okay, I'm going to Gilgal. You're going, I'm going with you. And then, come over with me, buddy. He said, we're going to go to Gilgal together. Now, I got the mantle, but it's going to be yours one day. He said, I got you. We're going to go to Gilgal. And then he says to Elijah, he says, you know what? You stay here. The Lord has called me to Bethel. And Elijah says, "I ain't stand here. I'm going with you." That's in the Greek, Amen. And, uh, I'm going with you, Amen. And uh, the Bible says, "And they too went to Bethel." Now, watch me. Gilgal's a place of division. It's a place of what? Division. Yeah, we got somebody smart over here. Gilgal's a place of division. Gilgal's a place of what? Division. Bethel is a place of devotion. Yes. This is where Elijah. This is where, excuse me, Abraham met with God. And then after Abraham met with God, he called the place Beth-el, the house of God. And then after Abraham met with God, Isaac went here. And after Isaac went here, Jacob went here. And generation after generation after generation came to the place where they know God. Now watch me. Some of us in this church, we're willing to get separated, but separated to who? Yeah. We're deciding to live for God, but you better start getting to know the God. Mm-hmm. Can I put it this way? Can I fast track this sermon? Is that all right? Yeah. Sure. If you don't learn to read your Bible and pray, you're never going to get this mantle. I tell young men all the time a desire to preach, God may call you to preach. I don't know what He has for your life. He may call you to preach. But a desire to preach without a desire to pray, listen to me, it's just a desire to perform. That's right. right. A desire to sing in church, y'all listening at me? Yes, sir. A desire to sing in church without a desire to know the God that you're singing about, all you are is a performer. And there ought to be some young people. Listen to me. I'm talking about you young people. You know when I learned how to pray? I learned how to pray when there were people fighting outside of my house, pulling guns on each other. Y'all listen to me? They were fighting outside of the house, putting guns on. their oh, God, you're going to have to help me. I learned to pray when my relatives were fighting with each other. I learned to pray walking home from church sometimes when uh, it was dark outside. I learned to pray when the storms of life were raging in my life. Uh, and I learned I, I, didn't, I didn't just want the preacher's power. I didn't just want all the preachers. Performance. I didn't just want to preach in the pulpit or sing behind there or be, get behind a piano someday. I wanted to know the God that that preacher was talking about. Amen. And you better get to know God. And you better get to. It's great. Get divided. Get away from the world. Stop acting and drinking and talking and dressing like the world. All those things. They're wonderful. But you better get to know the God that you're separating to. That's right. Amen. Because Bethel is a place of devotion. But there's more. Yeah. Elisha said, hey, listen, I know you went to Gilgal with me. I know you went to Bethel with me. But that's what we're missing, preacher, in our pulpits. We're, we're trying to have a gravel voice like Dr. Harold Seitler. We're trying to do crazy stuff like Carl Hatch. But they knew God. That's what we're missing. We want to wear Stacey Adams like Hiles. We want to wear a double-breasted suit like Lee Robertson. We want to have a deep bass voice like Adrian Rogers. But we don't want to know the God that they know. We don't want to read that book like they read that book. We don't want to spend time in prayer in the woods somewhere like they spent time in the woods. Some of y'all, I want to be like Granny was. Granny was old. She was such a godly lady because Granny spent time in the secret place with Jesus when are you going to pick up that mantle and start spending time in a secret place with Jesus? And he said, listen, you stay here. I've got to go over to Jericho. And Elijah said, uh-uh, you and your mom, I'm going with you. That's in the ancient Masoretic Hebrew text. And the Bible says, they too went over to Jericho. Now watch this. Gilgal's a place of what? Bethel's a place of? That's where you get to know God. Jericho is a place of danger. You remember Jesus talked about that good Samaritan? Yeah. Where did that story take place? Side of Jericho. Do you know the first battle that the Israelites fought when they crossed the Jordan River? The walls of? Came tumbling down. Jericho was the greatest fortified city I'm telling you, nobody thought they could defeat the city of Jericho. The history tells us that these walls at some points were so thick that you could ride a chariot on those walls. Side by side, I believe it said there was chariots that could go up on the walls. This was a great fortified city. It was seemed impossible. It was a place of danger. They had archers on the top of this city. They had guards around the city. And I'm telling you, you say, but Alan, what does that mean to me? Watch this. There are sometimes... Well, every one of us has to go through a Jericho. Yes, sir. Every one of you is going to sometime. He said, "But I'm not faced anything in my life." You will. Amen. You will. Yeah. Well, man, my life's been blessed. It's been easy. No, listen to me. The Bible says, "As a spark fly up, or so a man is born to trouble. Man's days are short, and they're full of trouble." Listen to me today. If you've not faced your Jericho, you are going to face a Jericho in your life. That's right. But you've got to listen, in order to get this mantle, you're gonna to have to face the danger. Listen to me. Some of you, you face this danger while you're young. For some of you, somebody's taking advantage of you, or they've been physically abusive to you, or you get listen, you verbally abused, or somebody, listen, you, you know what it is to have your daddy's in jail, or you don't know where your daddy is, or you gotta go between this house and this house because mama lives over here and daddy lives over here, and daddy's a drunkard, and he comes home and beats mama, or mama's on crack. Listen, my heart breaks sometimes. I go into these. Home in, in Milwaukee, at least of our bus kids, and all you see is a little bitty crate with a TV on there and some little foam mattresses. Because Mama's dealt drugs, and at Christmas time we've had it in our house, right across the street from our house, where his Mama was so cracked out, she sold all of the kids' presents, and the kids weren't going to have a Christmas. And my Mama and my Aunt got together and got those kids some presents and kept them at our house. Mama said, many of you, you know what that's like. You faced the battle. You know what it's like to live in a trailer park and in a dilapidated house. I'm going to tell you today God was not trying to break you God is trying to make you so that you're ready for the mantle I grew up a bus kid I mentioned that already but watch this I believe God allowed me to grow up as a bus kid several years ago I preached a bus kid camp it was me and 240 bus kids I gave the first invitation 24 of them walked the aisle to get saved I didn't know what to do with all of them i was grabbing workers from the kitchen i was grabbing workers 24 of them guys they started surrendering their lives to god by the end of that week listen to me we're almost done i was about a couple months ago i was in i was near a bible college in the state of illinois and one young lady she came she's about 20 years old she came over to me and she said she said brother allen she said you remember a couple years ago when you preached that bus kid camp in iowa And I said, yeah, of course I remember that. I said, God bless. We got people saved and surrendered to God. And she said, Brother Allen, she said, I was one of those kids there that week. And she said, I'm in Bible college right now trying to learn how to serve the Lord. You know why? Because God allowed me to go through Jericho. Some of you heard the story. I think I told it last night. When I was 17 years old, I found out my father wasn't my father. I didn't have a clue. None of us did. But because my mama, she was drinking, drugging, partying. I mentioned her. I don't know who my dad is. But watch this. God has allowed me, because I was willing to go to Jericho. God has allowed me to preach around this world to some fatherless people. Who know exactly what I was going through. And I know what they're going through. Listen to me. That's why you don't run from your burdens. That song I sang earlier, that you were there. That song has gone around the world. It's gone to places I would have never dreamed. And it has been a comfort and a minister to people. I didn't even know your pastor. He heard that song. He told me, he said, Man, I was balling this corner when I heard that song. And your testimony. And I'm telling you, it has ministered to people. You know why? Not because I'm anything special. Not because there's some deep truth in it. Because it's not deep. It's a real simple song. All I'm doing is allowing God to use my Jericho help somebody else do you young men young ladies that are in this room god is allowing you sometimes to go through some of the things that you're going through right now so he's going to use your life one day Amen. we got a man in our church he grew up in san luis Potosi, mexico he slept on dirt floors in his life god saved his daddy through a missionary he didn't even know that his dad got saved until years later when he led his mama to the Lord and she said yeah your dad got saved back before he died in Mexico brother Juan is his name brother Juan has led more people in the city of Milwaukee to Christ in Spanish than any person I know Amen. see God can take a boy raised in San Luis Potosi Mexico raise him up to be a soul winner he's not a pastor he's never, he hasn't preached in church ever but God used his Jericho. God used my brother back here. We were talking yesterday about him getting saved in Mexico. And now God's using you to bring bus kids and little boys and girls that like were like you were back in there when you got saved. Isn't God good that God's able to use our Jerichos for his glory and to make us ready for the mantle? God had you raised where you were, brother, because he needed somebody in this city right here bringing kids to church. There's one more place, though, and I got to hurry. God said, I've got to go to Gilgai. He said, I'm going with you. I'm getting divided. I'm getting dedicated to the house of God. I'm going to Bethel. I'm getting a place of devotion. I'm going to Jericho, the place of danger. Then watch this. He said, I'm going to the Jordan. You just there. And he said, no, no, I'm going with you. They come over to the Jordan. Jordan's the place of deliverance. Yep. This is where you start seeing miracles. This is when you start seeing kids get saved and lives being changed and marriages put back together and drunkards putting down bottles and dope heads putting down the dope. God begins to change lives. But watch this. Some of you will never see the Jordan because you're going to quit at Jericho. That's right. right. I said some of you, some of you are going to miss the miracles that God has in your life because when it gets hard, you quit. And God said, if you're just willing to endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ, here's what's going to happen one day. You're going to see Elijah come and he's going to say, hit those waters, those waters part, and you're both going to walk through the Jordan together. But then here's what's going to happen. There's going to come a day where the Spirit of the Lord is going to show up and he's going to take the pastor away from you. The Bible says that chariot of the Lord comes down. The chariot of fire. Different chariots of fire. Okay. (laughs) And the Bible says as Elijah is going up, y'all watch this. As Elijah is going up to be with the Lord, he drops that mantle. You say, you say, the Bible just says it drops. I don't know what happened. I believe Elijah just went, it's time. It's time. And as he's going up, Elisha picks it up and he puts it on. First he holds it up. I'm sorry. He holds it up. And the Bible says he begins to cry out, where's the Lord God of Elijah? Because watch this. The mantle isn't what was special. The mantle was just, remember we said it's just recognizing God's call and touch it wasn't the mantle that he wanted. It was the God of the mantle. Amen. And so he begins to cry where's the God, Lord God of Elisha? Yeah. And he now smokes the waters himself. He hits those waters, they part. And here's what happens. He comes back that way again, start walking that way. And Elisha's in heaven. And then some people see him and they're like, hold up, man. Look at him. Man, the spirit of Elijah doth rest on him man, he looks just like and he acts just like that other guy. And now forevermore, the mantle is his. It's his now. But Listen to me. There's going to come a day where God may want to use you. I know some of you think, man, God, that's why I I sat there one day. I remember when God was speaking in my heart to be a preacher. I'm like, you got the wrong one. I was the kid who would have been getting taken out of this service because i talked too much. And God said, I want you to preach. And I'm like, I don't even like standing in front of people. And God said, good. I want you to get divided. I want you to get to know me. I want you to go through the danger in your life. And I want you to let me deliver you. That's good. But Watch this. He first got the mantle put on him over there. But it wasn't his until he went through the steps. That God has for his life. Yeah. So maybe you're here. Thank you, buddy. Maybe you're here this morning, this afternoon. You can have a seat. Thank you, buddy. If I had CDs with me, I'd give you a free CD, but I don't have them. And, uh, so go to YouTube and look up my name. It is, it's free. Maybe you're here this morning, this afternoon. Yeah, like, brother, I'm saved, but I'm not real separated of a Christian. Here's what you need to do. Get to Gilgal. Finally say, I'm done living, I'm done letting the devil kick me in the face. I'm deciding today I'm gonna live Gilgal. I'm getting divided from the world. I'm getting out of the wandering and I'm gonna go into Canaan land. Amen. If you're here and you're like, Well, Brother Alan, I've, I've gotten rid of some things in my life. I've been I've been you know I stopped drinking, I stopped doing this, I stopped doing that. Wonderful. Here's your step reading your Bible, yeah. praying being guided and walking in the spirit of god not walking by your flesh that's where some of you're at right now well i come to church great people know i'm a christian great do you know god do you pray do you know a little kid you could wake up every morning in prayer you could wake up every morning and read a proverb a day you could read one bible verse that speaks to your heart a day somebody said well i do more than that wonderful but the point is to get to know god And once you start getting to know God and he begins to give you some strength, now you can go through some troubles. And if you're going through some trouble here today, but you don't know what I'm going through. You're right. I don't know what you're going through. But I know this. There's a God in heaven. And that God will take you through the storms of life. And some of you need to surrender your burdens to him today. And instead of fighting and saying, why me? Why me? Why me? And say, why not me? And God's trying to use me. God's putting me through what I'm going through that he might use me. If there's no cross, there'll be no crown, in other words. And then some of you right now, if you're faithful, God's going to allow you to see some rivers open. And now the mantle. And here's what I'm doing today. I've seen, I've been all these steps myself. I've been in the ministry now for 21 years. Now here's what I want to do. God's allowing me to bring up some other Elishas. Now my role has kind of changed. And I'm trying to get the next bus kid and I'm trying to say, listen, God could use you and God could use you. My wife, my wife grew up in Charleston. Actually, she grew up in Goose Creek, South Carolina. Goose Creek, Monk's Corner, all that area right there. My wife got picked up on a bus when she was three years old. When my when we got married, my wife's daddy, he was still living at the time. He sends pastor. I've never I never met him. My wife's bus captain walked her down the aisle. When we got married, mm. people that invested in her life. God, listen, there may be a young lady. My, you know what my wife's trying to do? She teaches a girl Sunday school class. You know why? Because she wants the next one to get it. That's right. What's the next step in your life right now? What's the next step for you in these cities? And you say, "Brother, I'm a Christian. I'm an older man of God. What young man are you taking underneath? I love it. Pastor's dad this afternoon. He just took a little bit of time, sat on the couch with Jesse, and he just invested in somebody else. It may not seem huge to you, but for him, because I've been that young man and I've had older men like yourself invest in my, even if it's just a short time, he won't forget that. You men that got up and prayed over Brother Jesse... Mm, I'm telling you, I got Holy holy Ghost pimples. You know why? Here's some of you older men that are saying, young man, you can make it. We've been through it. And by God's grace, we made it and you can make it too. Our heads about our eyes are closed.